Welcome to the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast, your best source for information, news, tips, and tricks to get you off the ground running and earn success with your custom apparel decorating business. So get ready to soak up some knowledge. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mark. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of 2023. Uh, My name is Mark Stevenson. And this is Mark Vila, and we're here at Custom Apparel Startups to talk about getting ahead of 2023, uh, challenges, and opportunities. Right. Because there there will be both. I don't have to have a crystal ball, which I do, by the way. You do. Um, I don't have to have one, though, in order to tell there there will be both challenges and opportunities in 2023. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so this is... um, uh, the first episode, as you said, of the year, it's been probably um, uh, maybe 60 days or less, less than maybe 45 days since we did an episode. It's been a little while, but uh, this year um, we plan on doing more episodes. Yep. We plan on having some more guests come in. We'll have some different people from over here at Coldesi, uh, and maybe some other experts around the industry to help uh, you and your business out. So definitely stay tuned for more stuff. But today... We're going to talk about uh, getting ahead of 2023. And what we mean by that is Mark and I uh, went all over the internet. We've noticed some things on our own and we did our own research and we just started looking around at what do the experts say that small businesses will run into this year? What challenges will they have? And then we took the challenges that we felt uh, were the most uh, interesting for our industry and we put together solutions that should be effective. And we also noticed it started with challenges and solutions. But then as we did this, Mark Stevenson noticed a bunch of opportunities. So we had to add that because uh, not only is it, are there challenges and so- solutions, but there's opportunities for you to be more success- successful. I mean, everybody knows that I have the most positive outlook on everything. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. that's that is that I think that's under your LinkedIn profile. It, right? it, Mark Stevenson, most it, positive. It, okay, it, not well, curmudgeonly at all. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I, I think uh, Mark that you've got the first issue that we'll probably continue to face in in 2023, um, which is supply chain issues, and I know that we're seeing that in the custom apparel industry in a variety of different ways, but we're, I'm seeing it in in my outside clients as well. I'm seeing it across the board you know, with people in any kind of industry where you have to deliver goods. You know, we're seeing some kind of supply chain hiccups that will probably continue to affect us. Yeah. I mean, it started in in 2020. Um, I don't think anybody thinks it's going to be over in 2023. So, I mean, it's everything from toilet papers to cars, you know, and everything in between. Um, We've seen it all across our industry and in plenty of others. So here, um, here's a few things you can do about this, right? Um, So for one, I wrote it three times, stock up, stock up, stock up, especially on simple things. You should not be, and, and this, this has always been true, but more true than ever. You should not be on your last foot of vinyl before you're placing an order for your next role, especially if it's something you use a lot. You should not, you should not be out of white ink before you order something. You should not have five sheets of paper before you order something, right? If if you do, then all you are, it's a ticking time bomb waiting 
for that one thing you need to be back ordered. And, and it may only be back ordered for a week, you know, but that week of time could kill the order you were trying to fulfill. This is not a new phenomenon. I mean, right. we've had, um, I think we've done 1100 podcasts about, you know, that mention, um, you know, keep good inventory control, make sure you have the stuff that you need in stock, because if you need to order a roll of backing or a liter of pre-treat or anything else that has any kind of bulk at all, mm -hmm. you need to order, order it overnight. One thing that we know in uh, 2023 is shipping costs are not going to go down. So you're right. going to stack up the pain by having to order something on back order and then getting it overnighted or expedited when it comes in. So you're going to wait, you're going to pay more, and you're going to wait, and then you're going to pay more. Yep. You're going to be stressed out. You're going to miss out on orders all because you um, did, didn't do one of two things. All right. You have to manage the money in your business well enough to be able to keep inventory of important things um, or and or you didn't actually check your inventory to see what you actually had in stock yeah. or organize it in a way. So this is just going to continue to be important. The folks who do, even if you do a great job of it, you're still going to run into supply chain issues, but you're going to have a lot easier time than the folks who are just just uh, uh, just flying through the wind, ordering yeah, things, yeah. you know, uh, late and and consistently because they're going to be in more trouble than you because you've stocked up. Um, and be sure when you're stocking up to just consider shelf life of things. So if something says that it's good for two months, you probably shouldn't order more than two months worth, right? right? If something is good for a year. And then, you know, I, you probably shouldn't have more than a year inventory of anything, but, you know, you can consider that as well, right? Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea to, to make sure to check expiration dates. But I also kind of want to apply this idea to the apparel that you sell every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how many times, I think probably at least several times a week in the CAS Facebook group, you know, you see calls out for a particular Richardson hat that's on back order or for a shirt or a jacket or something along those lines, if you get regular orders for an item, um, there's no shelf life on a hat, right? If you've got a good business, a solid business, you've got a track record, you know that you're going to sell, you know, 50 shirt, 50 hats a month, or, you know, there's potential that you'll get an order for as many as 200, you know, you can invest in that inventory Take the uh, take the last minute shipping and the potential for supply chain issues out. If you just pick those common items, keep the cans of soup in the pantry. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it's that regardless of what the food cost is, you can buy as much soup as you want to, yep. as much canned goods as you want to right now, and it'll last. So you don't have to deal with um, supply chain issues if you keep the regular things on hand. Yeah, especially when it's not a size color thing. Um, mm -hmm. so if, if a gray cast, it's one size fits all, you can order more of those, by the way, just like retail stores do. And we've talked about this in the podcast. If you have an opportunity, if, if you sell let's say a can cooler, right. As an off as an accessory, you often add on, um, or, a, a, a little plaque or, or an award or something like that. That's usually a, it's usually a generic color can work out for folks just like retail stores do. That's what you sell. So if you order a bunch of black and white on the caps or gray and white or whatever it is, then that's what you pitch to say, hey, you know what? Your logo yeah. will look great on gray. I've got them in stock. Right. I could start making them today. 
right? Um, so stock up what you can, especially one size fits most for apparel or things that um, aren't necessarily um, size and color. And then even with size and color, um, you know, if you if you do a lot of polos, you can carry, you know, the sizes that you sell often, you could do black and white. And again, you can sell the black and white. If somebody normally gets a blue shirt and you decided to invest in some black and white, sell them the black and white this time. They might love it. And and I think that that also goes to what your next point is with which is to have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've got a regular set of, you know, you you normally sell these two polos, you normally sell one of these four t-shirts, you've got these three or four cap designs, you know, then then if you think there there's a hint that there might be supply chain issues, select and sample something similar. So you've got a backup plan that you're comfortable with. So you've got something that you can fill in. I mean, there are there are tons of t-shirts on Coleman and Company's website. And while you may really love the perfect try, you know, for DTF shirts, the DT-104 is great. So if you go in and you look and say, look, listen, I just sell these perfect try tees because they look great for so many things, but um, those are going to be slow coming. You can easily switch to another uh, t-shirt model number and still not interrupt your business if it's on the shelf. No, that's great. That's great. And um, we had two more points on on this in this category. So one we've kind of already hit, but um, it's pretty simple. Don't procrastinate. Right. If you know you have to order things and you have a certain amount of time to order them, do it sooner than later. That will let you that will put you in line if there is a back order. It'll also give you opportunity to find an alternative if you need to. Um, If you procrastinate and you say, you know, you have to order it by Friday and you wait till Friday at three o'clock and it's back ordered, then now you're working all weekend trying to figure out how you're going to get this versus, you know, taking the time to enjoy your kids baseball game or something like that. That is that is that is correct. Um, and then the last one is um, Mark. You mentioned this one, which I think is one of the best ones. Is just communicate this to your customers, just right. especially your regular ones. Hey, by the way, I'm just saying. Uh, every month I deliver these hats. You know the world from cars to toilet paper is back ordered, um, or or we've run out of supply chain issues or something like that. So I'm not having an issue with this hat, but I'm just kind of pre warning you that I'm hearing about things in my industry as well. So um, if you want, uh, I have a couple alternatives. I'll bring by your office one day just to, and I'll say hi, just show you. And then, and, and, uh, and then this way you've seen it at least once before, you know, so it it could actually be an opportunity to uh, revisit with customers. Um, It's an opportunity to contact them and just give a reason to be in front of their face again, whether it's an email or a phone call or in person. Yeah, and I think that goes goes with your standard communications as well. You know, if you are producing a quote by email or by paper, you um, you may mention that in you can put right in there. You know, in the case of supply chain shortages, um, we will propose an alternative solution. Mm-hmm. Or if you're talking to somebody about a price and the job is sixty or ninety days out. You know, keep in mind and let them know that, you know, if there's any kind of a supply chain issue, because everyone knows how things are now, we may have to make a substitution, but we will let you know if that takes place. Yep. Nope. That's great. Also, uh, it's an opportunity to um, get somebody to commit now. Right. This is in stock now. I recommend you order it. 
because in our industry, we've noticed all types of things disappearing. So if you are in love with this shirt, I'm just going to say, let's, let's get them in now um, because better to have them early and in stock and ready to go than to think about it for another week and they're not around. And now you, you missed out on what you really loved. Yeah. Just remind them there's no shelf life on, on apparel. Really. No shelf life on apparel. Right. What about a thousand years, Mark? 10,000 years. years. 10, uh, there, there will be no shelf. Okay. Um, so <laughs> it doesn't fly. All, All right. right so um, you had put down here accelerated digital transformation, which fails my um, syllable test. Yeah. So you you're know- going to have to explain what that means. Me too, actually. But when I kept going online and looking around and I heard somebody speak about this on like a YouTube video or something like that. And it's just, I think it's just, it's a word people are using to sound smart in 2023 or a group of words, I should say, but accelerated digital transformation essentially means, um, well, accelerated would be to move, uh, to increase speed. Okay. And digital is like the internet and stuff um, and transformations or changes. So it is increasing the speed in the changes that happen on the internet and such. Okay. Gotcha. Um, Which means that in this, uh, you figure the amount that, um, that digital things changed between 2000 and 2010 and to the year 2000 and the year 2010 is, is significantly slower than the changes between 2010 and 2020. And this speed of digital transformation is continuing to accelerate. So what's going to happen is from the beginning of 2023 to the end, you're going to see um, more AI software being used more often. You're going to see CRMs being used more often. You're going to see customers wanting and desiring to interact with you in different ways that other companies do. Um, For example, something that blew up over the past year or so is uh, getting a text message for your tracking number. You know, that's like, it's it's gotten, it's not at first, it was kind of weird. I was like, I don't know if I like this. Um, and now it's just I, I get a text like every day on stuff that's being shipped, right? And it's kind of, it's common for me, right? And, I, and I've accepted that it's good. And now I kind of like it. Um, so that's going to happen between you and your customers. So t- um, you're going to want to communicate with them the way you can and adopt technology that makes sense, that brings you into kind of the modern digital age. I, I agree. And, you know, you can kind of think of this, the you know, the, it, it's almost going to continually be like the transition from regular TV to cable TV, from cable TV to um, video content services, you know, from there's so many different ways that um, people interact with each other and, and absorb content that you're going to have to adapt probably more than you want to. You know, two years ago, um, Facebook is you know for for business generation 2 years ago 3 years ago facebook was the, was a fantastic place to get new business and it still is it's still a great quality place but it's more expensive and there's less business there you know um no one used 3 years ago no one used um tiktok for business at all you know it was all just a good a good time you know mindless video scrolling and now it's a common tool for communications it's whatsapp for payment 
even taking things like Venmo is a little old fashioned now, you know, let alone PayPal. So you've really got to kind of um, maybe not make concrete changes and sign up for all these services, but you've certainly got to constantly stay in touch with your customers and figure out which ones they're using so you can be wherever they are. You know, I, I would just ask them, um, you know, I, I, there's a couple things you can do. For one, um, if you have a website or even if you don't have a website, you know, look at look at ways that you can accept payments that make it more flexible for customers. So if if um, if you're using Stripe or one of those, if they have an option where the customer can easily click and easily pay, especially if they have an iPhone, if they can use Apple Pay or they can use Amazon or, pay, or, or PayPal, of course, you know, any of these services going to make it easier for them. Um, so ask your customers how they like to pay. Ask them how they would like to communicate with you. You know, and if they would like to text or email um, or phone calls or whatever it is, um, if you are going to do text messaging, maybe you look at some sort of software that you can use that's text messaging for business. So it's not just going to just you on your, you know, personal on your device, phone, right? Um, so I think the plan is, is to kind of to consider things that you like that you can maybe implement, like because that's a place I like to start is like, gosh, I like to shop this way. It's easy. Could I add that to my business? Right. Um, ask people what they like. See how you can implement that. Um, we lost Mark Stevenson's video, but he'll be back, I'm sure. Here we go. <laughs> um, and then uh, so so that's kind of moving into the future. And then looking backwards, um, move away from the old ways because you're going to have to eventually. Um, and this is going to be the year to do it because we're having an accelerated digital transformation. The longer you hold on to the old ways, the further behind you're going to get. Uh, so if you're quoting through um, Microsoft Excel, you might want to consider a quote software or something built into a CRM. Um, if somebody has to call you and read you their credit card number, you probably want to look at a way for a customer to enter it themselves. Um, if you're making customers physically sign a quote and deliver it to you, you know, somehow, um, you might want to consider a digital way of signing. Um, so yeah. these are all options. And Coldesi is doing some of this stuff too. They're, um, we're implementing a new quote software for quoting equipment. Um, that's I'm not part of that project necessarily, but I keep hearing about it That's um, great. and they're working on it. So, so, you know, we continue to do things like that um, and you should do. Great. All right. So the next one is on our list is um, inflation. Have you heard of inflation? Um, no. I don't know. I, I ordered, I ordered Indian food takeout last night and about had a heart attack how much yeah. a meal was for two people yeah yeah ninety dollars <laughs> exactly ninety dollars and 35 cents That's um crazy. uh yeah i mean it's if i had a nickel for every time i heard the word inflation in 20 it'd only be worth a penny it'd only be worth a penny i was gonna say i would probably cause more inflation uh, so uh i mean basically prices are just gonna go up yeah. On various things, maybe not everything. Some prices are going to go down. Some are going to go up. There's always a political spin on uh, on what inflation is and when it is bad and stuff like that. But the point is, is that I would say that some of your apparel or blanks or equipment or whatever it is that you typically uh, use to service your customers, some of that stuff's going to go up. 
and and you're going to have to deal with that. Um, so what are some things that they can do to uh, customer that the listeners out there uh, could do to deal with inflation? First of all, it's uh, keep um, before you quote, check current prices, right? And keep the mm-hmm. delivery date in mind. So in other words, you may have a sheet if you're still using Excel of prices on all the common blanks and supplies that you got. Um, last year in order to do quotes properly. And um, I've had some construction clients of mine really get caught out because they mm-hmm. they will price out supplies, use them in all their quotes for six months. And six months later, the pri- supplies are 25 or 35 or 40% more, right? So so definitely keep update with your prices. Um, and the, the thing that I can't stress enough is you're not doing your customers a favor by not passing on the increases that you experience. Mm -hmm. So in other words, if a shirt blank goes up by $2, you eating that $2 is not making your customer's life any better. It's only making yours worth. If someone is paying $22 for a shirt and it's legitimately costing you a couple of bucks more, charge them the couple of bucks next time. Let them know that my supply costs have gone up in this specific way. You know, you're not an oil company that's making up the differences. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, don't look at yourself that way. You're looking at, oh, look, my costs went up. Everybody knows that costs are going up. I don't need to lose money to make my customers happy. So right. just get, get that through your head. Put that in your psyche that when your prices rise, your customers' prices just have to rise. You know, yeah, and, um, and and it's complicated, right? Because at Coleman and Company, we've had um, on ColemanandCompany.com, for example, um, the cost of paper goods has gone up. Um, but we've made the decision to not increase the price um, on certain papers that we sell, right? right? And and it's because of many many factors that come into it, right? Um, the number of customers, people that are on like auto ship, you know, there's all these different types of things. Um, and, and so it's like, sure, maybe, um, you know, a vinyl cost goes up and you do the math on this logo on this shirt. And you're like, I mean, I guess it went up like a nickel, you know, do I want to bother my customer's disturb anything for that. And you, and, and you may make a decision, but Mark makes a good point on a $22 shirt, $2 is 10% almost. That's a pretty significant increase for you to absorb yeah. right now. If it was, if your cost went from, you know, 25 cents up or the shipping costs increased to hand, you know, a little bit. And you're like, I'm, this is less than 1%. You know, the you make smart decisions, right? That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, one of one ways to combat inflation uh, is 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 a simple one that we've talked about a lot. Um, just be watchful of waste. Find ways to be in, more efficient. So if you can waste a little bit less than the uh, if your costs went up ten percent and you can find a way to ten save to ten percent in your supplies, you are you have flattened it, right? right. Um, so, uh, this there's a, there's a million different ways to do this. Right. But, um, if you're DTG printing, does your customer need the highest resolution print? Right. Right. Maybe they don't, maybe this particular one does one doesn't the one that doesn't, you don't, you're not giving them a lesser product if they don't, if they don't care or they don't need it. Right. 
so I, so I can't get this toothpaste example out of my head. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, the so I I saw this uh, film comedian or something, and they were talking about your difference in attitude when you're brushing your teeth this morning in the morning, and you get the uh, you know you have a brand new tube of toothpaste, and you're kind of tired, you squirt it onto the toothbrush, and half of it just like goes yeah. into the sink. Yeah, no, no big deal. Yeah. By the time you've rolled it up to the little amount and you're like pressing on it and things like that, if a drop goes down there, you're scraping it off the sink bottom and putting it back up on your toothbrush. <laughs> it's it, it's the same thing. Like when inflation hits, you've got to treat it like you've already rolled down the toothpaste as much as possible. So you make um, make use of everything that comes out. Mm -hmm. So you spend extra time making sure if you're um gang printing onto a digital heat effect sheet that you are using every square inch or taking on the opportunity across jobs to make sure you're optimizing your paper usage, you know, for, um, for designs, for digital designs of any kind, if you can take a look at the design and legitimately, legitimately make the decision to make it slightly smaller and not have it impact the, the customer's um, satisfaction at all, you know, like a, a 5% change over all of your DTG designs might make a little bit of a difference in the bottom line, mm -hmm. you know, so good point. You'll, uh, you can call that benign shrinkflation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like when the, um, when the orange juice manufacturer just changes it from being like 30 ounces to 29.2. Right. <laughs> Sucks. Sucks. Um, but uh, I mean, some these are just decisions. Again, just all smart decisions, right? You just yeah. you figure out what makes sense. Do you don't want to? Um, if you spend, we've talked about this before too, right? If you spend so much time trying to gang print the logos that they're so tight that you have to spend like five ten yeah. minutes cutting around them to save every last millimeter of paper you are probably wasting a lot of time, which is going to hurt your business more than, than if you would have wasted a little bit more paper, right? So yeah. balance, mm -hmm. smart, right? Agreed. Yeah, you've got to mm -hmm. be aware of what's going on at all times. Yep. Um, the, the next point you actually mentioned, Mark, already, but um, you know, raise your prices when you have to. You know, We kind of already went into that. Um, and the last point on this one is just find out find ways that you can help your customers save money okay. right and and what i mean by this is we always talk about upselling and cross-selling and things like that so when you're talking to your customers um start this is an opportunity to ask them questions right so say hey uh 2023 inflation you know buzzwords yeah. happy new year um i wanted to mention that to you because you, we do shirts together and I actually offer other things. Um, what else do you, do you have other promo products that you order? Anything else you print? Any signage? I mean, mention other things you do that you order from other places, because what I'd like to do is to see, maybe we could put it all together and I can help save you some money by doing it all together. And uh, maybe you can, maybe you can't save them money, but maybe you can look at, well, they norm normally we order um, a, a mug for every new customer, right? And you say, okay, what's that costing? You know, I pay about $10 a mug. Well, you can turn around and offer them a lower price opportunity that could, that they might be happy to, to say, well, how about this? What if you did a pen and a can cooler? Right. 
and maybe even a third thing and a keychain. And you could say, because I can do all three of those for $6 right? rather than the 10 you're spending on the mug. Um, and now, and maybe they think that's a great idea, right? Yeah. Uh, so now they have saved $4 per customer for a promo item that they've done. So they're saved money to help make up for their rising cost on other things. And in turn, you've increased the amount of revenue you've brought in by selling them more stuff. Great suggestion. All right. So um, we got a few more things to cover. Yeah. Uh, the next one is, um, uh, this is especially hard for small business owners that are growing, but the talent and staffing issues that are going to continue to be an issue for 2023. Right. So, I mean, especially if you're in a, you know, in, in what I might consider a small shop where, you know, it's you and maybe two employees, four employees or something like that. Mm-hmm. Each one of them is very important. Right. They mm-hmm. represent mm-hmm. a huge amount of the effort, amount of effort. If you've got a small department or a small company and um, and when when a good employee leaves, it hurts more now and will continue to do so in 2023 just because there's the workforce is not available for you to replace them easily. Mm, there are. um there are just uh, the job market changed a lot over the past few years. Um, the balance of power from companies has changed, right? You know, shipping companies have grown and, and other companies have shrunk. Um, and that that means that whenever there's big changes in the job market, typically people become more aggressive on what they're willing to pay, how they're willing to treat people, you know, all of that stuff. So it's just, um, if you do have to add staff or grow, um, or you have current staff, you should really take a look, just a close look at what's the work environment like? Is it a good place to work? Um, are you paying them fairly? I mean, it's great, wonderful if you got a great deal on that employee, right? I mean, good for, good for you, you know, and your business. But if you think that the pay is 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 low enough to a point that like, gosh, this guy could go and like literally find a job anywhere and make more money, then right. you are just, you are one Friday night beer conversation from a friend right. saying, hey, I can get you a job at my place. I make $17 an hour. And that employee yeah. is just like done, you know? Right. Um, so so that'll encourage your staff to want to stay. Yeah. I also think that it's, it's worth kind of letting go of your preconceptions on what having an employee means. And, you know, what that's like, I was having a conversation with, um, with the business owner about, um, he was looking for salespeople, you know, and he wanted to bring salespeople in, you know, to, um, to handle current volume and everything. He was just having trouble. He couldn't find, um, qualified people that he really liked, Mm -hmm. um, that seemed like they wanted to work. So after, after we talked about that, you know, really what it boiled down to is this person had the need of having people in the office where he could see them work because he was paying them by the hour and the workforce that he was finding were um, wanted nothing but flexibility. They'd love to do what the guy wanted, but they wanted to do it from their home office, you know, Mm -hmm. and didn't see a reason to come into the office. All they needed was a laptop and a phone. So if you have that kind of position, like somebody in sales or in bookkeeping or someone that's not um, involved in manufacturing shirts, you know, maybe you want to want to look at that that option for staffing, like, or at least add in that kind of alternative workplace to your to your conversation. Yeah, yeah, th- that was actually something that came in um, 
that came into light often when I was doing a bit of this research was, and I didn't put it on here as an issue because I don't see it as much in custom shops, but it is true um, of the the idea of a flexible or blended work environment that um, that a lot of companies are willing to pay for staff to say like, well, Monday through Wednesday, you have to do stuff in the office because you're doing office things. But Thursday and Friday, you're doing, um, you know, Excel spreadsheets and 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 computer work. Uh, so you can go ahead and do that from home. And, right. you know, especially backing up to the last point with inflation, you know, um, you know, gas is more expensive, you know, all these things, eating, you know, eating lunch out is more expensive, as you mentioned, with your $90 Indian food. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so letting, you know, when folks can stay home and they can save the gas and save the time, save paying for childcare, whatever they can do, it makes it a lot better. And um, I mean, it's a whole conversation about, you know, watching your employees all the time, making sure that you're getting every, you know, nickel out of them. Yeah. But, but, uh, but, but just know. in general, for, for the for the purposes of, you know, um, paying attention to how you staff your business mm -hmm. and how you do production, you should um, maybe be more, you'll, you'll need to be more flexible in the money that you pay, the environment that you provide and the flexibility that you allow mm -hmm. if you want to maintain a good quality staff through the whole year. Right. Right. So it's just, it's just, again, you know, it's back to kind of the do things that make sense. Um, don't necessarily dig your heels in on what you pay people, uh, flexibility in the job, um, what the work environment is like, what it's like to be um, a boss or an employee. You know, it's just with the competitive market, when there's a competitive market, people can, are, are, are looking for, for a good place to work. Right. Yep. Um, so uh, let's see, we have next one. Um, increased customer expectations. So, um, you know, people can get things faster than ever. They can get things more personalized than ever. Um, they get communicated to more, more than ever, right? So the expectation of what's good and what's fair changes. And some of these things you can control and some can't, right? So Amazon will ship you like, five bricks overnight for free, right? I don't even know how. It's like $4 and it's like a hundred yeah. pound package, right? Um, as a, as a, oftentimes business owners, even a company of our size at Coldesi, you know, we can't, this like a mug's like a, a buck or two, right? It's an 11 ounce mug. That, that's like three quarters of a pound or something like that. Yeah. Casey's things is like 30 pounds, right? At the, it costs more to ship it than the, than it, than it, the product. Stuff, yeah. Right. Yeah. So how are we going to ship that for free? Right. Right. We raise the price to cover the shipping, or we kind of make it relative based on where you are. Right. And and you're a business owner out there too, so you you understand if a customer was going to order, you know, shirts from you and you have and you had them at the lowest price possible, and it was going to cost fifty dollars to ship them. And that was your entire profit for the order. How can you continue doing that? Yeah. Right. So, um, so there's challenges with this. Just that's being an example of a challenge. Um, but you know, the good news is there's actually a lot of good news is is because people are, want this personalized stuff that's fast. If you're a small business owner that delivers a lot of things locally, 
you're in the customization business yeah and you could deliver things locally to people right that's opportunity for you this the business that we're in is going to continue to grow as people know that they can go somewhere and they can get a mug that they don't have to pay a ridiculous amount of money to ship right um personalized right there it's maybe the same day yeah and and you know i i got to say i'm i'm starting to uh sway away i'm starting to appreciate local businesses more um as as i see so many amazon trucks on the road and i have to break down 11,000 amazon boxes every month you know in that it's it can be so much more satisfying to actually talk to a person you know so even if you um you know if someone orders a dozen shirts from you and it's a new customer and you have the ability to get in a vehicle or send one of your people out in a vehicle um go and meet the owner and make the delivery that that cemented connection is a huge advantage so mm-hmm. the more that these the more and the smaller companies get that are looking for customized goods in your area the more personally you can respond i mean that is a hedge against any of these changes that we're talking about because when someone knows you as a business and likes you as a business they're um maybe willing to overlook that you still ask them to write you a paper check you know <laughs> or they're maybe willing to like pay a couple of bucks more and not not make a big deal out of it or wait a little bit longer or accept your advice on an alternative blank yep. you know if you've cemented that relationship so you know developing that cu- customer expectation in your favor is is a big hedge Yep, because the as custom part of uh, customer expectations is um, being treated well, wanting to have good customer service, right? Because um, with a lot of competition out there, when there is a lot of competition in in this world, there's tons of competition. Uh, why would you go somewhere where they don't treat you well when you can go somewhere else where they do treat you well, right? right. And and you know the person, and they and they remember. Um, they remember certain colors that you like or or whatever it might be you know if you're doing some customized things you know they know a little bit about you so you know a little bit about them so uh that really does cement you know an increased customer expectation of of like stellar customer service that you can deliver locally by you know being face to face hand delivering things um and we talk uh, about other things you could do in the past we've talked about like bringing uh you know making a can cooler or a hat as well and just delivering it with the shirts yeah right or with the signs that you made you also deliver a hat and be like hey by the way i'm giving you this so it's like that expectation you have an opportunity to upsell to deliver customer service and deliver things faster because um if somebody wants to go to say vistaprint to order something customized versus you if you're in their town and you have mugs in stock you could potentially make those mugs and bring them to them or have or have them stop by your shop and pick them up the same or the next day or even the second day where vista print's not going to get it to them for say a week plus they're going to have to pay uh, a shipping charge potentially a hefty shipping charge for something heavy like that so there's there's a lot of opportunity that that you can deliver this way um but you also really have to consider with these increased customer expectations that goes back to the, some of the other stuff we talked about before right being able to pay so, in an easy way stuff like that i, I and i really want to like bring that back around to the um stocking up 
you know, particularly when we talked to uh, talked about supplies like blank hats, for example, like you said with with mm-hmm. the mugs, is you know, imagine the conversation and how happy a customer is going to be, and is you know, when they call to order, not only can you provide them great service and great quality, but you can say, "I keep these caps in stock. Mm-hmm. I can bring them to you tomorrow." You know, I mean, that's going to be the uh, that that conversation is going to be the only one like that they have because they're going to call eight places and it's all going to be seven days, 10 days. That's out of stock. It'll be two weeks till we get them in. And you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to go get one out of the back right now and do it for you while you wait. You know, you've got a customer for life. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So you, when you solve one problem, you, you, you sometimes are solving a second problem too. So um, mentioning things in stock and potential uh, back orders and all that stuff, if you do keep some things locally available, then you've got an opportunity to sell or ups, upsell a customer or just sell them in the first place because you've got it and it's ready to go. And people want things fast and, and personalized. And if you've got a digital print system, and mugs in stock, you could literally personalize 10 mugs with 10 different names in, in minutes, right, right while a customer waits potentially. And, and if you have the opportunity to do that, then it's, yeah, it's going to cement people in just like you said. Yeah, terrific. All uh, right, so the, got the one last more. one is definitely really close to me. And that is, mm-hmm. is the um, transformation of gig workers or the, the um, conversion to the gig economy. Uh, where people are looking to work for short periods of time or, you know, for a company or do different things, uh, work completely flexibly, completely flexibly. There you go. Maybe. I think that might be <laughs> it. I'm not sure. They, they're they're going to want to work when they want, you know, right. do piecework, not be employees. And there are definitely some ways that you can take advantage of this phenomenon um, in your customization business. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, as, um, as you're growing, it's, it's increasingly easy to find people who are willing to do a small job for a small fee, right. Um, rather than necessarily wanting to work full-time. So, um, this could be, um, anything from bookkeeping to potentially sales, right? To uh, delivery of goods, you know, anything like that. You can find uh, plenty of people who just want to work gigs and uh, and whether they want to do it full-time or they're looking for a little side hustle to make a little bit extra money because of inflation or something like that. Yeah. Um, all, all this stuff is, is you could do little jobs and you can help grow your business by utilizing this gig market out there for to be able to pay somebody for a job that you're making a profit on right then and there. And then there's no other costs after that. You know, yeah, you know it's it, it's funny because, you know, I, I was talking about Cold Essie and all the equipment that they sell, they sell and everything. And um, it seems like when I, when I say, when I talk about that, a good 20% of the people that I talk to uh, have done screen printing at some time or another. You know, it's like, oh yeah, I did that. Like I did that for uh, a month in college, or I had one of those home screen printing, you know, kits or something like that. And they really enjoyed it or they're just crafters and and they do like different kind of printing and stuff. And, and those may be a great source. You know, maybe if you have a big job, you need somebody to come in for a few hours, 
-hmm. Or if you get all the complicated stuff up, you know, set up for a screen run, maybe you can train somebody that just wants to do something with their hands that's used to sitting in a keyboard all day. You know, maybe you can train them up and then come in for a couple of hours a week, make a few extra bucks. Um, you can figure out what Uber drivers there are in the area and what other skills that they might have that they prefer to do. You know, whether it's, um, like Mark said, whether it's in sales, whether it's something in the shop, maybe somebody from uh, from a local high school wants to do the, the fold and pack. You know, um, there's a lot of options for you to take advantage of people that... Um, aren't looking for a full-time job mm-hmm. and don't want a contractual relationship, you know, but they're very interested in making some extra bucks when you have extra work. Yep. Yep. And, and so keep your mind open for stuff like this. Um, there may be, um, for, we have a lot of customers like this. So this is an example that comes to, that comes to mind. You have um, moms with young children that note that are embroiderers and they just do it as a hobby. Right, because right? we have a lot of those phone conversations where some some of them are looking to actually invest in a machine and and potentially run a little side gig, um, but maybe they, definitely there's people out there just like this that maybe you can develop a relationship with that can come to your shop one every once in a while when you have big orders to do and just say hey can you help me run embroidery machines for a while every time you come in I'll pay you hundred bucks you know whatever it is so there's just a lot of opportunity and. Um, the last point on this, Mark, you brought it up and I want to give you credit for it. So yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. And that's um pay pay attention to gig workers and freelancers as a as a market. You know, um, when we've done our uh all of our niche market kind of uh podcasts and and when we when we talk about looking for niche markets, it's normally based around a business with employees. You know, you're like you're going to address plumbers mm-hmm. or landscaping services or whatever. But you know, there there are people that do marketing and they do freelance writing and they um, they do things on a 1099 basis instead of for an employee. And swag is still important. You know, if you get a business consultant that um, that just they work online, they work by themselves. Um, but they work with some some very important clients to them, then they probably would want a shirt with the logo on it for Zoom mm-hmm. meetings. Mm-hmm. They might want to send a thank you thank you basket that's got a T-shirt with their logo on it um, and some tchotchkes to potential customers. They may be an industry like um, even real estate agents um, are, most of those are 1099 contractors. So they don't actually work for the company for Caldwell Banker, for example, they, they've got their own business and they get commissioned on the real estate that they sell. So they're responsible for their marketing materials. You can get them a shirt with their name on it. You can get them things with their picture on it. You can sell them whatever um, things they leave behind at a real estate showing or thank you gifts they send to customers. You should, mm-hmm. you should make sure that you're um, aware of, of the non-traditional workforce in more than just ways that you can use them to help your business, but in, you know, look at them as a market as a whole, there might be some opportunities for you. Yep. And it's, it, that's, and for, for folks like that, um, it's important to make those jobs profitable. So if you can get a, if you can find a profitable way to sell small orders to gig workers, then you've got a huge market. And if you keep it simple, you know, hey, this I have a hundred dollar package. 
And it's, but it's got to be something that you could do quick. So it's, so it's in and out of production and it's profitable for you. And um, so, you know, think of the quick ways you can decorate things, you know, whether you're doing transfers or, um, you know, vinyl or something like that, you know, um, pick products that are potentially low cost to the customer, but high margin to you. So you can make a good amount of money on each one that you're making, like uh, the can coolers or something like that could be an example. Um, if t-shirts is really competitive, like actual t-shirts, then that's not the product you should push. Push for polos, hoodies, sweaters, sweatpants, you know, whatever the other things are, hats. Uh, so there, there's just a lot of opportunity in that gig worker market too. And that's going to be something that um, if you pay attention, you'll you'll see the one that'll work for you. Yeah, I, I like that idea. And you know, when you when you talk about gig workers, there's there's a couple of ways to think about it. And one is a very specific um definition. And that's one they're like Uber drivers and they they deliver food and they're they work for a big company, but they do small things for it and they do it on an ad hoc basis, make their own schedule. Um, but but people are starting to widen that definition to mean Anyone that's a that's a freelancer or a 1099 contractor, if you do your own taxes and you file a Schedule C at the end of the year, then um, you kind of fall into that gig worker umbrella because you don't have a boss. You you are your own boss. And um, if you have a one person company, I'm going to slide into a um, a bit of a pitch here. Okay. If you have a if you have a one person company, then you should look at at things like the Association for Gig Workers. And gig worker solutions for for more ideas on how to market your business and how to handle your finances because mm. there's um there's a lot of things that you get when you're an employee that that your that people that come to work with you on a gig gig basis might might be looking for as well and that's you know when you're an employee you get life insurance you know it's a little bit but it mm. means something you get you get your uh payroll taxes taken out and if you're uh, if you've been in business for more than a year, you know that self-employment tax you're going to pay 15% of your total just in self-employment tax to the government every year, um, and there are ways to lessen that. And if you go to get a loan and you don't have a W-2 because you've been doing your business for three years, um, it is a super pain to get income verification, right? You've got to dig up dig up uh, taxes and bank statements and things like that. So um, you as a gig worker and as a, a self-employed person can, can benefit by um, taking a look at those gig worker situation that you hire and applying that same thing to yourself. Mm -hmm. And you can um, go to the association for gig workers and sign up. It's free um, and start getting education. That'll all be launched pretty soon. And if you're making some money and you're thinking about it, then, um, I'll drop a link to gig worker solutions. You should definitely uh, check it out as, as another way. And one of the reasons that I think about this too, is because um, I mark, I do the marketing for the gig worker solutions company, and we are just setting up a team store for the people that are affiliates. Mm -hmm. So these are people that are basically gig workers for, for us. And they're going to order from a team store, gig worker solutions, branded apparel. Okay. Cool. That they can yeah. give away. So, you know, look for those situations too. Just because somebody's not a traditional employee doesn't mean you don't have these bigger opportunities. Because I think that the people that are setting up the team store for us just going to make a boatload of money. Yeah. 
selling yeah. the gig workers. Yeah, there's and I think that goes perfect into kind of wrapping wrapping it all up. You know that, um, you know, challenges are expected in 2023, just like in 2022. But there's still a, a ton of optimism, especially in our industry, with um, with the customization and people wanting to deal with small businesses and and um, you know dealing with small businesses is becoming a cultural virtue now as well. True. Right. It's becoming cultural virtue. So this is a this is a great time to be a business owner. Um, as long as you're looking, you're focused in the right direction, you're you're flexible with your ideas, you're flexible with how you treat employees, you're you're flexible with adopting new technology, um, how you traditionally work with people, how you traditionally order and keep your stock. You know, I think I think that um that having being malleable is probably one of the best ways to be successful in a time like this. Um, when, whenever I talk to either friends or, or, or people that we've interviewed for jobs and things like that, if they work for a company that is firmly dug in the ground, you know, they want to leave. Right. Uh, the, yeah. People don't want to do business with companies that keep their heels dug in. No, we don't do that. We never do that. We haven't done that in 30 years. Right. Okay. I mean, are you still riding a horse to work every day? <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of optimism. Um, be sure to, I think, kind of, you know, some homework we talk about sometimes. I think you should go through this list. And um, shore up your business a little bit. Take a look and just say, and, and, you know, look at how you would handle a supply chain issue. Ask yourself these questions. You know, what am I doing to stay ahead digitally? What am, what am I going to do if prices go up on particular products? How, how did I handle that last year when prices went up? Um, what am I going to do about hiring people and talent or gig workers? Uh, and then within all of these things, look for opportunity on how you can make more money, increase your revenue, right? Sell more to your current customers and, and get new customers, right? I, I I don't think there's anything else to say. Okay. Well, that was very well said. Then the uh, we'll just wrap up then with a Coldesi commercial because this is a Coldesi podcast. Um, yeah. So if you're not familiar with us, um, check out coldesi.com, C-O-L-D-E-S-I.com, and you'll see links to all different types of stuff. Um, the hottest stuff lately has been our DTF or direct to film printers. Um, it's been, it's just been a really hot product. It's beautiful technology. If you, if you're not doing that right now and, and you're looking to do some production of transfers, you should, you should check it out. Um, and embroidery machines have been getting hot again lately, you know? Um, so uh, just, it's another way to really customize and create a high end um type piece of, of customized apparel, uh, that the cost of production is particularly low. Yeah. Uh, so if you're interested in either of those things, be sure to go to coldesi.com and live chat with some, one of the folks there. Fantastic. And I highly recommend it. Um, this has been Mark Stevenson from clients first marketing and Mark Vila from coldesi. Have a great business. 